you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. right now we live so how you doing john everybody so every time you uh, (laughs) so everybody knows that uh if you guys are watching that when you got this office look in the background and then every time i look at it i'm looking at it and i'm like there's a picture of me in the background right here right i'm like (laughs) what the frick and uh, because we're actually in 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 studio doing this today, so we are in house doing it. So I'm in in my office, and you're in the sales office that we have set up for uh for podcasting. And then uh, so every time I do this, I see okay, is it neat, or am <laughs> I going to be pissed off today because yeah. the sales office looks like garbage? Right, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> and uh, and then I see a picture of myself in the background, and I'm just like, uh, we got to fix that. We got to put something else on that. <laughs> So, but, uh, so this is our second go around guys. If you, we already have people popping on, uh, John Viverka happens to be a popular guest, <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, so last time, uh, I mean, it's been a long time. You were kind of one of the early on, uh, interviews. So life is, there's quite a bit of life that's gone by since the second time you, the second time you've been on Patrick just said, hello, he's on here watching you. Hey Patrick, how you doing, man? So, um, yeah, so we're going to get right into why we have you on the show here pretty soon, but I'm going to have you go ahead and introduce yourself and, uh, where your school is. Oh, look at, see, Ashley put a little heart for you. Look at that. Ashley put this heart. Look at that. Was it black? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If she had the choice is probably what it would be. So. Well, thank you um, so, for having me on, sir. So I go ahead and introduce much. yourself and and uh, a little bit about your background and where your school is, and then we'll hop into some questions. Yes, sir. Again, thank you very much. I appreciate having me on. Um, so my name is John Bavurka. Uh, I'm a third degree black belt in Krav Maga under Mr. Cox. Uh, I'm a, a combat Marine. I'm a Marine combat Marine, um, uh, a combat veteran. Um, my school's up in Santa Clarita. I'm the owner of Citadel Krav Maga. And uh, right at this moment, I'm still recovering, but getting back to training, uh, starting to roll again, starting to strike some pads, starting to strike some uh, bags. Um, just was up in Moreno Valley uh, with my training partner, Ashley. Uh, we were training with the Catch Dog and Food Dog from Dog Brothers. So starting to, you know, get back in the swing of things. It's still a struggle, but it was kind of neat. Uh, yes, last night, you know, it's funny. Uh, you called me up couple like a day or two ago or yesterday and you asked me about yeah i think it's like saturday you talked to me about it having me on this podcast and um as soon as that happened all these like uh phrases started popping up you know about like uh getting back and you know get back on the saddle but it's like uh i think um 
I heard a saying it was, uh, you know, it, it rains when you want that seed to grow. Right. I'm like, what does that mean? I'm like, wow. Uh, you know, it, it pours, you know, but despite the amount of rain, it takes a lot of rain for that seed to grow, you know? And, uh, I was just thinking about it. I'm going, yep. It's a struggle coming back. It feels like coming back from either being completely out of shape, but, um, a further setback, you know, it's like, I got to deal with the muscle atrophy and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that, sir. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm feeling good guys. So if some of you guys are wondering, it's like, Hey, is he alive? Is he, what's going on <laughs> with him? Yeah. It's like, I got a pretty expensive and, um, uh, painful, uh, facial peel and then, uh, a body scrub. So the, the docs at West, the burn Grossman burn center took care of me and the VA took care of me. So I was good. Yeah, they did. Uh, they, 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 yeah, they definitely, they definitely took care of you for sure. So we had this, the reason I had you on because we, there, there's a lot of things that went on with your sickness, right? Uh, so some, some of us, you know, even though it was on our mind every day that being sick, another thing on our mind was to keep that school afloat. You know what I mean? And, uh, cause we only, I think we only, I mean, how long have you been in business now? when this hit uh so i officially opened the doors I, I started the business in 2018 to get everything off the ground and then uh 2019 uh the city kind of gave us the the pass um in august so we did a, a grand opening in 2019 mm -hmm. and then obviously you know the pandemic hit right when the, the school was getting some momentum and so that was tough yeah that was yeah this is a this is a tough uh Martial arts schools in general is a tough environment anyway, and as many as that got closed down over the pandemic, we were just not going to uh, allow that to be part of the uh, equation of of you being sick. You know what I mean? So, yes, sir. I think that I think we we did well as far as jumping aboard and and making sure you know everybody comes together and and to help. And it was great to see, by the way, because I don't know if. You know, we we went through the pandemic together, trying to keep our schools together there. And that was even harder. That was harder than getting people to come and, and help teach, because I don't know if what you've experienced in the shorter time you've been open. But I can tell you what I experienced in the pandemic is people that been with me for many, many, many years. I never even seen their face to help out during the pandemic. These are these are folks that I spent a lifetime helping. And then when the pandemic hit, there was no uh, diving in. It was this little tiny tribe and this very core students that kept the Chatsworth doors and Simi Valley open, right? Small core nope. of people that, that were selfless in, in, in teaching and getting online and continuing on. And this selfless student base that stuck with us the entire time. Can't tell you how many people just up and quit. We'll see you when we see you. And then uh, it's coming back. Just like we said, right? We said this yep. is not going to be an everyday at some point. Uh, even when you're getting screamed at by little millennials in Starbucks about put your mask <laughs> on, put your mask on. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I remember looking at him going, this is a very short-lived uh, power thing that you have coming, bro. Okay. And because yep. we're, we're going to come back and we're going to come back stronger. And that's just kind of 
it's kind of how uh, I think that's just kind of how Americans are built anyway. Uh, even though you see a lot of uh, we hear a lot of I don't know what's the what's the word kind of, you know, almost us, us being controlled at, at a certain point. Mm, right. Yep. We all felt that. And yep. but you're not going to control us for long because pretty soon we're going to wake up. And, and when you when you poke the bear or as you guys say, when you poke the polar bear. If you know, you know, <laughs> um, so, uh, you yeah. know, it, it, it gets to go. So I don't know if you've experienced that same thing when it came to your, when to your school, but keeping your school afloat with instructors was a lot easier than dealing with the pandemic. I can tell you that. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, we were riding the tail of that, that pan, the pandemic, you know, it's, of course it's magically, you know, gone and it's kind of like just hanging out or whatever. I'm like, Jesus, man, we could have done that many, many months ago, but anyways, you know, um, it, it was tough, you know, uh, sitting on the, you know, in the hospital bed and kind of hearing about like, who's, who's taking classes and, or, um, who's teaching classes and stuff. And yeah, you know, what's one, fun, one funny thing is I was never worried for some strange reason, you know, maybe it's the, the trust in the organization and the guys that I know that were teaching and, you know, um, you know, Gisela running all the business and then Ashley helping out with the coordination. Um, you get to really know who is, uh, who's got your back, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, outside the Marine Corps, it, you know, I often said this about this organization. It's, it's very hard to find the camaraderie in the military um, outside the military. You know, it's very hard to find the camaraderie outside the Marine Corps. I'm sure Rangers say the same thing. Special operations guys say the same thing, but um you know, you, you kind of keep tabs and hanging out and, uh, you know, thanks to the guys that were, um, that I served with also, I know you guys chipped in on that. And so thank you guys. I appreciate that too. Uh, all my, uh, Marine brothers. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, the camaraderie is there, you know, it's, you see, it, uh, military law enforcement, you see it in the firefighters, you know, and you, you told me quite a bit about how firefighters take care of each other. And, and I've seen it from a, a third party, you know, I was like, wow, man, these guys really take care of each other. It's the same thing here. You know, you don't see that in too many organizations in martial arts. I mean, yeah, you sweat, you bleed on the mat and you get some small groups. But, um, you know, the, the outpouring support from not just the instructors, uh, but but the students in the organization, you right. know, mm -hmm. um, that was amazing. You know, there was a there was a donation based um, campaign going on. And, and, and I was just. Yeah, I was taken back, man. I There were times in the hospital where I was bawling because I, I didn't think I deserved the support or help that I was getting. And I'm like, you know, I had, I had to really sit down and, and I think I, I can't remember who I was talking to because I was still kind of probably loopy. Um, you know, they were telling me like, you know, slow down for a second. You got to think about what you've, you've done for other people. And I'm like, you know, I guess that's not the way I am. I don't expect anything back, you know, um, because I enjoy teaching. I enjoy helping people change their lives because you know, someone's done it for me before, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, um, I think that, I, I think you hit on something very good. You know, students, our, our student base is, is kind of our lifeblood. All right. Without them, without those and without the parents that bring the kids as much as it's a struggle. I would tell, I tell everybody like this, a martial arts school, you see it in the church. Also, you see it in martial arts schools. There is definitely a family, uh, dynamic, Right. Um, and so you have to deal with a lot of personalities and you got to deal with a lot of different leaderships. But in the end, 
we might bicker inside, but, uh, you know, we can pick on each other, but no one will pick on us. You know, that type of thing. That's right. Yeah. If we got brothers, <laughs> got some people talking smack already. <laughs> That's right. how it is, right? Here we go. Let's see what we got. Oh, I got Joe. Hey, and got my here, here's oh, James. James. Yeah. yeah, went to high school together. Hey, James, what's up, man? He says, you got me through ROTC and spring camp. This guy's always been an impact on whatever he's involved with. See how nice that is? And then we have Joe. Now we have Joe. <laughs> You're still ugly. Looking forward to you coming out to Pooler this year. So, oh, yeah. Joe, just so you know, it has been put on the books. Uh, these guys took me out for my birthday the other night. And believe it or not, Gisela and John are coming to the November testing. We will be out there for a week together. Kat and I are coming, and, and Gisela and John are coming in November to Pooler. So, He's coming, so get ready. We yep. he, then you can talk smack right to his face. Then that's right. So <laughs> we can do uh, some room clearing. That's well. That's well. <laughs> you can't there because only Chatsworth has a kill kill house. The massive school in Pooler does not have a kill house, so there is no clearing of rooms because there's only that's one okay. big giant room. They got they got time. I'm sure. So, uh, I'm sure they got time to build one. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's good. It's it's uh so that's been a testament on what it is. So I wanted to jump into a little bit about because everybody knew that you had um, gotten sick, right? And then when it when it went down, because this happened before, right? You took about a week off, and and yeah. uh, right, yeah, yeah, a, a little, uh, you know, a little, and of course, it's probably nerve wracking. That's an, an it's, it's an actual autoimmune disease, so it's. Mm -hmm. So with COVID around, you're probably like, what the heck? But you got COVID too and still came out of it, right? Yes, and sir. and so you had this happen once before and it was, you know, is a week or 10 days out. But this one was even a little bit, yeah, it was a little bit more intense for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it was it was strange, you know. And, um, you know, it's crazy because I was at, when I look at it, I was at the, uh, coming off of a, training cycle with the tournament, you know, with the jujitsu tournament. And I was in pretty good condition, you know? So I often wonder, I'm like, man, what would I have done? What would, what would, what would have happened to me? What would have been the same if I wasn't in peak condition, you know? Um, but, uh, it was so bizarre, you know, I, I, I don't even remember. I remember getting to the VA and then my wife was, I, I had a, a fever and I told her, I was like, Hey, it's 103. Um, if it doesn't go away in half an hour, an hour, you know, um, take me back to the VA. Cause I already previously went and they gave me some ibuprofen to kind of keep the fever down. And it was only at 101 at the time. And I was like, okay, cool. You know? Um, but then I just, I guess my wife was saying I was hallucinating. I was just like talking to somebody about schools. See, so even understand guys, even though I was out of it, I was still concerned about who had classes and who's teaching and where everything was <laughs> learning. Cause I was like, uh, we got class tonight. Right. And my wife's like looking at me, like, who's he talking to? And then I guess the nurse or the doctor was like, this guy's got to go in like now. Uh, and, um, yeah, that's when I lost consciousness, I guess. And I was just off. I was just functioning, but delirious, I guess. So, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, I remember now. I remember one yeah. of our people that's, uh, I think on, I think Danny Hazan might be listening right now from Israel. He, hey, sir, he, how you doing? He, if he's on there, we say hi to you, Danny. Um, also here, this Daniela, uh, Roman right here. Yeah, you've never met her, but these are my coaches in the book that I'm writing. Her husband's a Marine. Just uh, thought I'd let you th let Excellent. you know that. Semper Fi. Awesome, right. man. Love it. Um, 
<laughs> this is Joe's yeah. wife. That's the most VI answer, VA answer ever. Ibuprofen. Yep. That's <laughs> this military stuff right there. Motrin, change your socks, drink some <laughs> water, you're good to go. That's it. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, that's not true. That's true. So, yeah, I mean, you can see. Uh, even we did this last minute, John. You know, you 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 have a uh, you have a great following. We had a lot of people that were looking forward to having the second the second talk. You bring something to the table that everybody enjoys. You know, and not to mention just your service, but uh, in general, just what you bring to the table is uh, people uh, love to, love to hear hear your stories and and everything else. So I'll, I'll give you my my thoughts. So when I first saw you. You know, when I was called to come in and, you know, we were lucky to even get to go and see you. Okay. I was like, yeah, you, you, I mean, all the protocols and, and them not letting you in. But for some reason, we had a VAX card, if you really, you, you know, whatever, or whatever, uh, a negative test, whatever. Then then they let you in. Right. So, um, so when I got up there. You know, they had told me that, hey, you're hallucinating a little bit and stuff like this. Now, people don't really realize our our relationship. OK, it's more than just a, a student type uh, relationship. I mean, we we have spent countless hours on the mat together as uh, workout partners. You know what yep. I mean? Uh, or coming to my house and, and lifting. Well, yep. I lift. You lift a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting back there. I'm getting back okay, there. Um, tiny weights. Yeah. So, uh you know, I got I got weights for all from the kids on up, bro. From kids, uh, Marines to myself, so it's all good. Oh, okay, uh, and so, uh, you know, people don't really realize how how tight we were in having a workout partner. I mean, you remember before you came around, I had Fred right before Fred moved yep. to Texas. I had a I had a, a a workout partner, and those are important because you know I'm older and I don't really want to be injured at the same time. And I want to go hard. But we're I'm not wanting to put each other in the hospital. My ego's not that well, my ego's big, but it's not that big that I, I, I want to be injured. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. And so we worked well together. And so when I first saw you, I mean your wife was like, you know, he's not gonna he may not recognize or whatever. And I remember you were kinda of, you were so swollen in the face. And the I was there now, I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if you remember me being there the first night or not. Now, when I popped in the room and, and you heard my voice, you you automatically just out of your mouth is, yes, sir. I'm saying, hey, John, hey, it's Mr. Cox. I'm here. And yes, sir. And you doing OK? Do you need anything? No, sir. And you're just going, yes, sir. No, sir. To me, probably to my voice. But these guys, dude, were the one guy. He was trying to get a needle in you. OK. I don't know if you remember this or not. No, I don't. You don't, you don't know this story, do you? I haven't told you this, have I? No. I was watching him, and I wanted to so right cross him in the face so bad, okay? I'm like, bro. And you are and you can see you're kind of, he's trying to stick a needle in between your fingers. Oh, yeah. He's trying to do all this stuff because he can't get it, right? Now, I was there, and he stuck you six times, right? And uh -huh. I can see you winch, and I can see you winching. So obviously you felt pain, you know, right. you may not remember it now, but obviously you felt pain and they had asked on, on who you were. Right. And I said, I said, well, he's a combat Marine guys. I said, he can take a lot, but you guys are picking him like, you know, like he's a pin cushion for crying out loud. I said, do you have anybody that's better at this? 
uh, or what? Jeez. And and so they brought in another person, and they had the same thing. Now people don't really realize your skin was so raw, right, and so tender. And I was like, man, I was so pissed off, man. I finally, I just said, yo, guys, why don't you give it a break here? Let them have a break. And then you told me, hey, I'm cold, Mr. Cox. And I said, can we get the man a blanket? What, you know, let's, let's, let's go. I, I, and, uh, but I remember that one guy for real. And then when he goes like this, he goes, oh, he's a Marine. Well, he's tough enough to take this. And I'm thinking, I go, I said, why don't you let me, I, I said, I had no, no, I don't know how to draw any blood. Why don't you let me do that to you six or seven times <laughs> and see how you like it? You know what I mean? I'll yeah. never forget it. I was like, and it was, you know, I was taken back by that when, because we were really up in the air about how sick you really were, you know? Yeah. I mean, it did not look good at all, right? I was like, you know, so the drive away was like, mm, you know, I had the same, uh, I had the same thing with my nephew on the mm. first go around, but I didn't have a worry uh, for my nephew. You know, I'm still, we'll talk about that in a minute, but when I left you, I said, I don't know how long it's going to take, but somehow this is going to be used as a catalyst somewhere else. I, you know, he's going to, uh, he's going to show how to, how to come out of something. So that was my first experience with you. I don't know if I ever told you the story. We, I hadn't brought it up mm. to you before. You know, we can only be in by ourselves. And and I just remember going, you know, and, you yeah. know, you guys know I'm, I'm kind of quiet. You know, once I'm in that mode, I'm kind of quiet because I'm like, I, it's out of my wheelhouse. There's nothing I can do. And so I don't like not being in control. It's It's one of those, one of my one of my things. And so that was hard for me, but I, I do, I always wondered, I said, do you remember me being there that night? But you had to hear my voice. So something automatically was coming on because the first night you were there, did they give you any drugs or what did they do for you at that night? That uh, night? I mean, they, I have no idea to be honest, still to this day, like I get bits and pieces of information from my wife, from Ashley, from even other people like Clyde was telling me bits and pieces of information when he visited me, you know, um, Sergio, you know, like if he, he would say stuff like because we talked like after Christmas um, uh, or before Christmas. And we so I'm getting bits and pieces of information and putting story, the store, the full story together. But I think they had me loaded up on a lot of um, uh, medicine. Um, you know, it surprised me when I was fully awake. What kind of stuff there? I'm like looking at the signs. I'm like fentanyl what yeah I'm i like, saw that i'm like what and you know i'm hearing all these stories about like uh police officers getting in touch with it and then like not getting knocked i'm like what is going on I'm like what am i on how bad yeah. is this really you know <laughs> um but you know I'm, i didn't even know uh what what it was like my my wife has pictures and stuff like that um and so everything was was i was like blistered up she's like it looked like someone took a blowtorch to you and i was like really and so she she sent me picture or she showed me pic. She wasn't sure if I was ready to see him or not. So it was maybe about a couple months afterwards. Um, right. You know, maybe mm -hmm. like February, March. I mean, it's, it's the end of March now. So maybe like late February. Um, so she was telling me, she, you know, it, it, you looked like you were in pain. She's like, that's when I lost it. And I was like, what? And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah. She's like, they scraped everything off your face and your body. They, I was like, they scraped. And she's like, that's how it was explained to me. They had to remove all the infected skin. And so all the mm -hmm. subdermal, the, the dermal layers, and I don't know how deep they went, but 
you know, I was, I didn't even know I was bandaged up like a mummy. I thought in my head for the whole entire time, I was normal. Like I was, I had my, you know, muscles, everything was okay. And then I was bandaged up. So the bandages, you know, kind of threw me off. I knew my skin was kind of jacked up, you know, my back and my, my arms, cause everything hurt. It was painful. It was a lot of, even though I was on all those medications, it was painful to lift certain things or do certain things like motions like this would hurt. And, um, you know, she was, uh, she was telling me all these things that they were, they were asking me to do. And like, if I had to roll over, you know, when I was awake, but when I was out, I was so mummified. I guess you kept on calling. You said I was yeah. like a mummy, right? Right. Well, and first you look like Freddy Krueger and then you, you look like the mummy. Yeah. Okay. So it was, it was, it was, yeah. I didn't even know how bad I was until I think someone brought me my cell phone and it was actually, she brought me a, a, my cell phone and like um, started changing over the information. And so I'm kind of in my head, I'm going, well, how bad am I right now? So I took a picture of it and I was like, oh, I, I don't look. Too, I mean, like, I look gross, but I'm like, okay, cool, right? <laughs> but when I, when they brought me up to recovery, they undid my dressings, and I looked like Dobby from Harry Potter. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> because I was so skinny. Uh, I was 163 pounds when I left the hospital. Everyone who knows me um, and trains with me knows I usually walk around 200 pounds to 210 pounds. And so it was a struggle, man. You know, I was like, wow, I'm, I have some work to do, you know? And I tried getting up and... And I tried doing push-ups, and the nurses were like, what are you doing? Get back in bed. I was like, I got to get back to the training. <laughs> They're like, you need a rest, and you need to eat food. And I was like, well, that sucks. And uh, the occupational therapist was cool, though. She was like this old-school, hardcore, like, Aikido lady, and she was like, you need to do this and this. She's like, you want to get back to training? She's like, you need to do – like, the goal was to touch the ceiling, right? And I'm like, okay, this is going to take some work. <laughs> and so uh, it was cool. She was like – she. It was kind of like uh, I had some gas in my tank when she told me. She was like, you know, most most patients, um, it would take them about two to three weeks to do what you just did in three days. And I'm like, awesome. I'm on my way. I was not on my way. <laughs> I was like, I got home and everything like that. And um, got one of those assault bikes, right? We picked one up from like Facebook Marketplace. And I got on that thing after about five minutes. I'm like, this this ain't happening right now. <laughs> I was like, I'm sweating <laughs> for the first time in like two months. I'm like, nope. Right. And uh, you know, it's it's still getting to be that way. I just started doing deadlifts, but man, it, it was it was crazy coming from like uh in the amount of time I went from normal to like I guess Freddy Krueger was a couple days. Right. Well, I don't people may not know. I think it was only two weeks, right, John, that you had competed and won a a jujitsu uh, tournament, your very first jujitsu tournament. You took gold in it, I think two weeks before this all went down. Yes. Right. Yeah. And there were, there were some, hard, I mean, these guys were like tough, you know, big dudes. And I mean, I, I was, they, they, the training I had with you guys and Sergio, just, it was worth the time. Every second of it was worth it because these guys, mm -hmm. I mean, my hands were just dead, you know, I'm going, wow, this is no joke at all. I mean, there's some tough things I did in my life, but that was one of them. And I'm like, this is awesome and amazing, but man. Right. Never so we yeah. correct. I, you know, I think that's, I think that's one of the things on the podcast. I, uh, you know, I telling students, we tell the students all all the time about mindset and how important it is, uh, not to win and lose, but the mindset of win. You know what I mean? Uh, it, whether we, uh, whether we win or lose is one thing, but if our mindset is uh, play to win, 
uh, I mean, play not to lose, then it's, then it's the same thing. I think it's the same thing in health. I, you know, we've had this discussion before about my own health when you were just asking me because it mentally, it takes a toll, right? I cannot tell you, John, how many people I wouldn't bring it to you very often myself. I'm not sure if Gisela did or not, but if your wife did or not, um, uh, that was nice. Patrick, he said, I felt John's winning mindset on Friday. Dude still rolls like a demon. Thanks, Uh, man. So, you know, I can't tell you how many people were like, I I don't know if John's going to do it or how's he going to get through this or this and that. And uh, I just said that part of it, you know, for me, I was impatient, right? Because yeah. I'm like, you know, I'd ask Ashley, I like, okay, what's the deal with John? I mean, is he, is he, are you guys pushing him to get his ass up or not? Because if not, I'm sending freaking uh, Rod and Z over there to get his ass up and work. And you know what I mean? Yep. And so, but she said, I mean, you, you pushed along to, to what it was, right? I mean, people don't really know, John, uh, your real struggle. This is a, Everybody that knows you knows what a beast you are, but you had trouble doing one push up. Remember that? Oh yeah. I, you I, me. I trembled. I, I couldn't even right. I I got down and collapsed and I was like, oh man, I gotta get back up. I was like, <laughs> Well, here we go. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't get back up. And I'm like, wow, this is um, you know, in my head at the time, I'm like, it crushed me mentally. I was like, really? One push up. And I was like, can I even do a, like a you know, uh assisted push-up, you know, getting my knees there. And I'm like, can I even do that? I, I could. And I was like, Whew. I was like, all right, at least I can do that, you know? But, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's just, it's such a small world. Um, and who my surgical doctor was, I didn't know he was a, a Krav Maga black belt in their world worldwide. And I was like, well, the, I'll talk about that in a second. The, the, the struggle leading up to that was, um, getting the, the ventilator out of my mouth. Right. And I yeah, now, that, now I'm not sure people knew how long were you you were intubated with a ventilator to assist you in, yeah. in breathing. I remember the day they said they were going to do that. Right now, everybody knows my girl. You know she that's what she does for a living. Right mm-hmm. is 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 vent patients and stuff like that. And yeah. she was so instrumental to helping me with. Hey man, because every time we hear that somebody's on a ventilator. You think it's uh, you just think it's a downward spiral of yeah. you, you're coming out. So how long were you on the vent for a few weeks? Um, I mean, maybe a couple weeks, if that from December 7th, I was admitted. So maybe a couple of days after that, I believe so. And then I came off. So maybe a week or two, I would say on a ventilator. And that's yeah, where a lot of the decline happened, like respiratory failure, kidney failure, liver failure, swelling of the brain with fluids. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah, see, the ventilator is not always your best friend, man. Yeah. And so, you know, that, you know, because I kept asking every day, when does he get off this thing? When does he get off this thing? I think they used the vent on you to manage pain. Isn't that what they did? Kept you kind of sedated so that they could uh, work on your skin. Is that is that kind of what it was? Uh, you know, I think it was just like to – because – I guess I wasn't breathing on my own or I was, I I was breathing, but I didn't have enough oxygen levels. So, um, the oxygen level was low on me. 
and so they were using it to assist obviously but um yeah it, it was so they can keep me breathing while they're working on me or you know when they had to leave me alone um that wouldn't just stop breathing you know in my sleep or something like that uh but yeah the the heart the, the crazy part was when they took it out of me I thought that I was going to like go to sleep and they were going to do it and, you know, or like, you know, they were going to put me under and then do it. No, they were like, um, I had an awesome nurse, uh, named Kristen. And she was like, do you, she's like, uh, the sweetest nurse I've ever met. And she was like, do you, do you want the, the ventilator out? Cause I was awake. And she was like, wow, he's, this guy's like really awake. She's like, would you like to get it out? And I was like, cause I couldn't speak. And I was like, and she was like, okay, okay. So she goes and talks to the doctor. Doctor comes back and he's like, um he's like hey hey bud how you doing i was like you know thumbs up and he goes okay he's like do you do you want the ventilator out and i was like two thumbs up and he was like okay well and then he looked at kristen and kristen was like can we can we go do it today and he was well, i don't see why not he's like go ahead and get it out and all of a sudden they told me to like they were prepping me and then this guy came in and he wanted to see what it was like with um i guess it's like a nebulizer but it was a uh, like a face mask as opposed to like the little um mouth instrument or whatever they use afterwards right uh, because i guess i i had the um what do you call it the uh xenograph on my face repairing my face and so um yeah they they told they turned me over to my side and i was like holy crap this is like uh a scene from aliens because they were like pulling this thing out of my throat and there was a bucket and you know it was in case i had to chuck and i was like wow this is nuts and i don't they're like on, on three two one you're gonna breathe out and i was like what and they were like three two i was like huh. and just ripped it all out and i was like wow this is nuts <laughs> crazy um but i was like thank god because i was breathing as soon as i was like i was like cool but i i tried to talk and i was like like and it was like a whisper but in my head i'm like right why can't you guys hear me and i was like you know kristen's like how's everything going blah blah, blah. and i was like you know, and she was like, what? Like ears up. And I was like, everything's fine. And she was like, is there anything I can get you? And I was like, ice chips. And she was like, okay, let me go get the approval from the doctor. And she got it approved. And I was eating ice chips. And my wife didn't know that they took it out of me. And I was already eating ice chips. So when she came in, she was like, what? Holy <laughs> crap. You know, this is amazing. And I was like, yeah. And then I scared her again when uh, they got me to start walking. Because that guy came in, I guess another another patient came in and he was already he looked the same way I did because um, it was a burn unit. And she came in and she was so furious because she thought I was going back under and things were getting worse again. So she was freaking out. And there I am scooting on this little walker and I'm like, hey, what's up, babe? And she's like, what? What? You're walking? And I'm like, yeah, I'm walking. What's up? And I'm like, like, where are you going? I was like, to the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, I got to go. They told me they're like, where, where do you want to go with this walker? I said, well objective number one is to go number two and they're like what and i was like i gotta go i was like we gotta go guys and so uh you know i was trying to be super lighthearted in in my head mm -hmm. because i know those guys also deal with you know guys who just um i don't know that the fight mindset this is this is where i'm getting to next is the fight mindset is is crazy you know what i've done in the marines is one thing and then being able to continue it with krav maga because everyone knows everyone who's ever taken a krav maga test knows it ain't easy it's never easy. It should never be easy, right? Because mm -hmm. it wouldn't be right. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, you know, I hear all these other patients. You know, they don't want to take the the, the tube out yet because they're worried about the pain. But you know, they they you don't they can't explain themselves. But you know, they're they're just not ready for it or to hold on to it, and they're not ready to walk yet. Or 
you know, they're very, um, the, the spiral, the mental spiral is, is nuts. And I'm just like, Nope, got to stay on my feet. Got to keep doing this. Got to keep pushing. And, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a religious man. So, you know, God, I, I'm always a, a huge believer in that God builds us up, you know, um, and he, and he tests us to keep us going that way, you know, because everyone knows life ain't fair. Right. And, uh, we're tested that way. And so I'm like, wow, all these things in my head, I'm like thinking in my, in my head, I'm like all these things in my life that have ever happened, probably like culminated to this point where I have to beat this. And so even, even to the man, when they took the dressings off at one point, it did hurt. And I'm laying on this hydro table, this metal table, and it's freezing cold. I'm just shivering. And, you know, in my head, I'm just like, just keep, keep going. You know, it's like a tattoo, you know, you just got to keep going past it. And, um, <laughs> the doctor comes in and he's like, Hey, uh, how's everything going, buddy? And I'm like, great, I'm getting this dressing off. And he's like, you don't complain at all, do you? I'm like, talk to my wife. I'm, a, I was like, I'm a big baby. I just don't want to be. Uh, I just don't want to be here as much. And I know if I complain and like stop the process, I'm gonna be here longer. And he was like, fair enough. But that guy, he's cool. He's um, you know, he he was telling me. I go, you know, I, I really think that my physical conditioning um, contributed to my my healing. And I still had no idea what I was talking about because I I never really understood what happened to me. And he goes, no, he goes, I, I, or he didn't say no. He was just like, you know, maybe he goes, but more than likely, he's like, I, I'd have to say a hundred percent. Actually, he goes, it's your, it's your mindset. Whatever your mental game is up here right now. He goes, that's what's saving you. He goes, that's what's pushing you. He's like, it's probably why you're still alive. And I was like, taken back. I didn't fully understand it until they took the dressings off. And I'm like, now I understand why he was saying that, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. we hear it all the time. You know, we hear it in Krav Maga. We hear it from you. We hear it from Sergio. You know, um, you know, I hear it from Crafty Dog. Like, you know, all the mental game is is important. You can't you can't be a warrior physically and not be a warrior mentally. You know. Yeah. Well, and you're right. I think the thing about God that we talked about, right? We <laughs> we we ask for wisdom or we ask for patience. And it's not like we automatically get that. What we get when you ask prayers like that, you better get ready to be tested because that's yep. exactly what's coming your way. Oh, you want to have more patience? Let me let me let me drop this this into your life and see how how that teaches you patience. Yeah. Right. And so you know, that was when I was sick, that was my main I told you the other night that it was a six month process of me to get my mental game right because my fear came that I was going to have a stroke every time every time something happened I was like I'm going to have a stroke man I'm going to have a stroke I'm going to have those blood clots man I was like I was asking God all the time don't let me have a stroke just take me home you know what I mean Uh, and so I was like that for six months and it was the mindset that changed everything. It changed my health. It changed my weight loss. It changed my journey. It changed everything because I, there was one night, it was a switch. It was a light switch. I was laying there in bed and I'm like, okay, I'm the teacher and I'm the leader of these, all these schools. I talk about mindset and stuff like that. And here I am laying here, um, you know, worried about every little thing that's coming my way. And, you know, part of it was, you know, I feel like I have responsibilities to, I have adult kids that still aren't out of the house yet. And, and, just now getting off on life and you know a single dad uh, you know they rely a lot on me this is all the stuff that uh, I was saying to myself 
and then it was a light switch that that came on. And I'm sure, I mean, everybody has to know. I think that's another thing, John, to say, even though, you know, they look at you now and they're like, wow, that guy's, where am I? There's no way that you don't have doubt all the time when you're laying there going, what in the world is going on? And yeah. it's a it's a struggle and a push to get past the mental uh, the the mental game of of losing health, right? That's why you can't. There's two things, right? You can't you can't buy health, right? Right. And you can't buy time. That's so, true. uh, you want to try and get your health as healthy as you can, and and time is something that you can't buy and you can never get it back. You can spend it. You got to spend it in the right place, but you ain't ever getting it back and it's free. Yeah. Right. And so I think that, I think that's something else that people should know from you where where you feel that there was times that uh, were there times that you had doubt and, and stuff like that. So let's, let's, let's get to that, that part of it and how you went, how you process that. Yeah. So, um, when I was still in the recovery unit, so they moved me up from burn center up there, up to the recovery unit. I started that process where I was like, what am I doing with my life? You know, uh, I know I own a school and I train guys to, you know, um, be the best versions of themselves, you know, be able to uh, analyze a threat. And I'm going, what am I, what am I doing for my family? You know, like my, my wife, you know, what am I doing for my parents? What am I doing for other people that, you know, I don't get to spend time with these people because I'm so involved in the, in the business side and the training side of things. And I'm like, I've got to start looking at different things. It starts to get, it's, it gave me a different perspective, you know, and more of a respect of the time I have here on this earth, you know? And, um, and it's so funny because I mean, just like you and I've had more near death life experiences, um, than I can probably count on my hand. Um, but this one was like, uh, I guess the closest I've ever been, I guess I, I would say, you know, I was, I was really pushing the envelope before, you know, being in Iraq and then, you know, as a kid, I, you know, being a motorcycle accident. And then, um, you know, that was a, it was a, um, time I got caught in an undertow and I'm like, none of those really affected me the way that this one did. And, um, maybe it's because I got to live a lot of my life like a crazy guy, you know what I mean? And then kind of like, at this point, there was nothing I could do. And so I'm like, okay, so what do I, what do I need to change? What do I need to do? Take more, take a, take an actual vacation, you know, uh, enjoy a little bit of life. Mm-hmm. And, um, th- those things started to change me. Right. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, uh, struggling with, you know, like you said, the doubts, right. Um, am I going to be the same? Can I do the same things before that I could do now? Um, you know, I get a headache and I'm like, oh man, this is happening again. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or, you know, like it, it was like, like a, like a pounding headache, like a migraine or something like that, which I've had before from, you know, previous, uh, head injuries. And I'm like, man, is this, is it, it starts to mess with your head and you gotta have, you have to be able to pull yourself out as much as it's good to have a support group. Um, you have to train yourself to do that, you know, where it's like, shut up, <laughs> you know, right. you have to, you have to tell that inner, inner, <clears throat> um, you know, sissy your bitch to, voice. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So we can say it. So, um, yeah, you gotta tell the inner bitch to shut up because if they don't, if, if you go down that path, it's going to get worse. Right. And then you mm-hmm. start believing in it. 
And I tell, I tell this to my kids all the time. I'm like, you need to believe in yourselves as much as I believe in you guys. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, all these things that I tell people all these times that, you know, when it sucks, what are you going to do? And I'm going, well, now I'm in this position. So what are you going to do, John? Like, you're going to do this right or what? And so, uh, you know, there's times where I'm on the mat, you know, I'm teaching and some of my students, I, I told them, you know, I, I was like, Hey guys, I'm still getting the swing of things. So bear with me. And, um, you know, I appreciate your patience, you know, having to teach jujitsu or like, you know, like not jujitsu, but like grappling or, you know, anything else or, you know, um, like Rob, it's like, Oh my God, not touching anybody like to do stuff. Right. It, it messes with you, dude. You know, um, having to like help, like, um, help other students without like having to like demonstrate it. And I'm going, this is hard. This is difficult. And I used to come home at night um, this last couple months, uh, like mid-February. I was starting to do it again. And um, I drive home and I'm going, this is, I, I don't want to do this anymore where I'm like having to have a hands-off approach. And I said, one day I just like, screw it. Whatever happens, happens. And I had to like just get in there and start hitting stuff and and start to like shake the rust off, you know. And um, it was difficult. Man, boy, it was difficult. And it still is. You know, and uh, this is where I'm like, I have to, I, you have to keep pushing, you know, you have to, yeah. you have to beat your doubts um, because if you don't, they're going to, they just sit in the back of your head and they add up, you know, and then you start to believe this crap that you're, you're no good. And, you know, I, 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 I don't want that. So I was like, okay, one thing at a time. And so um, I, I understood that every time I had a doubt, I had to, I had to face that obstacle right away. I couldn't store it away, stow it away and then fight it later. I had to beat it right away because mm -hmm. I knew that there was going to be another thing coming and another thing coming and another thing coming until I'm normal again. So I have to, I know I'm still in this fight. I know I'm still having to do that. So, um, you know, if you guys are out there, whoever's out there facing stuff or you're coming back from an injury, um, I may not know what that injury is like, but I know what it's like when you're doing mental gymnastics, right. And you, you got to stick that landing and, you got to get past it because if you keep doing it, you're just going to talk yourself out of things or you're going to believe the crap, the, the crap you're telling yourself, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, I find myself, well, we, we talked about that in the parking lot here the other night when I was telling you about, cause you had asked me she, he, how, how long it was for me, this, this mental mindset for me. And when I, when I kind of switched, I remember telling myself, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk myself into getting sick. Is yeah, exactly what's exactly. going to happen. Yep. Okay. And I remember that mentally because when you're laying down by yourself and your thoughts and nobody else is around and, and that's when the real, the real thought process is coming of, I, I remember that epiphany that I had. I said, I'm not doing this tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to change. And, uh, and you're right about having a great support system because you need the support system when you're down. You do. But when it all comes down to it, man, it's you. Against you, and that's it. That's right. Okay, uh, all the support in the world is not going to uh, mentally say, "Okay, I need to change this." You know, I see it quite often everywhere, especially today. Right? Um, I, I've even heard this in our, you know, uh, my kids in therapy, and my da da da, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, uh, can can we just have a a mindset of?" Are you teaching these kids in therapy how to have a mindset of getting over problems? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or or what? Or what what are we doing today? And I remember that vividly saying, 
I keep so much worrying about this is going to be the thing that's going to be that I am going to talk myself into being sick. And then I'm going to talk myself into, um, you know, not, you know, I, I see even saw it through COVID, you know, when people got COVID, they freaked out right out of the gate. I remember when I tested positive, I'm like, well, now I got it. And, uh, let's, uh, you know, let's, 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 let's do all this stuff. Yeah. I did everything the government said not to do. So, and then I was better. So it, I, I don't know, weird, but so I think that that mindset is probably, um, something that, right. It doesn't really matter, right. If you have addictions or whatever yeah. and you go and you go to meetings because you need the camaraderie of, Hey, this guy's going to say anything. Hey, you can do it. You can do it. And you have that little push, but ultimately it's you. You either got to make the decision to change or you're not going to make the decision to change. And that then that and that is on is on you at some point. And those those mental, you know, those mental gymnastics continually are all the time. Right. Yep. And so, um, you know, I remember. Yeah, I remember seeing you in bandages. Yeah, you did look like a mummy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like that. I don't think I've ever told you. Um, so. There was a, a tough night. There was a really tough night. And they put me on a, like a ton of drugs. I was just like, I, I could feel it. And this is this is where we're going to where it's like, um, you know, it's like you, you do need your support system. But at the same time, you have to face these things alone sometimes. And uh, and and you have to face it, guys. You, you really have to face it. There, you can't. It's like fighting somebody. You can't just close your eyes. They ain't going to go away. That problem's not going to go away. So I'm sitting there in my bed and all of a sudden I'm starting, I'm starting to hallucinate things. Right. And I'm going, Oh no, this is, this is gnarly. And I think you came there that day and it was like, uh, you kind of left in the evening and then my wife was the last, last one to leave. I think Kendrick came by. Um, if you guys don't know who Kendrick is, he's a cool dude. Um, he trains under Mr. Cox. He's a former scout sniper and turned pastor. So a real cool guy. Uh -huh. But, um, so he left and then, all of a sudden I get this weird hallucination. It's like probably one, two in the morning and I'm going, what is going on? And I see your face and it's, it's like half you, half the Hulk. And I'm going, Oh, I'm tripping out. I was like, <laughs> this is bad. I was like, what's going on? I didn't like how I felt. And, uh, I mean, I just started seeing all sorts of stuff. And I, I mean, throughout the whole time I was there, there was moments like that. And I'm like, I don't like the way this is. I guess my sister came to visit me and everything looked gold and i'm like this is bad i was like i gotta get out of this place um and those are it's weird because i don't you had to kind of fight you know it's like you have to kind of fight it's like a nightmare you know no one likes to be in a nightmare and everyone wants to wake up and there's some nightmares you just can't wake up from and you just have to ride it out and and that's i think that's what it's like you know those mental the, the mental fight you know you have to ride it out you can't throw your arms up and give up because all you're going to do is you're going to stay in that bottom of that pit. You got to fight. You got to climb your way out. You got to get out of that thing. Um, you got, you have to face it guys. I can't, I can't, people can hold your hand through it, but there are going to be moments where they have to take a step back and do and handle their own lives. You, you can't falter. You have to start trying to fight to stand up. I mean, you look at all these success stories. I mean, she's Dave Goggins. David Goggins is one of those guys where you're like, yep. I don't know what that's like, but hopefully if I ever have to face and I'm like, okay, I've had my own story now where you have to fight back from it. You know, mm -hmm. everyone's got their story. 
you know. Yeah, and everybody, you know, everybody faces uh, their problems. And, you know, uh, as big as our problems are to us personally, those problems are even they may, they may not seem to be as challenging to us, but in their minds, it's something that is is uh, crippling for them. So, you know, and pushing people past um, that breaking point and then I don't know how many times you've seen it. I, you know, I've told everybody, you know, my biggest my biggest push from listening to people make excuses is when I first did 75 hard. Mm-hmm. First time I did it. And then that freaking Jocko book, uh, Extreme Ownership. Yeah. Right? I'm like, uh And those, those two things were super... And then I was even more like militant on it. I just said, you know, if you give me one excuse, I just don't want to hear it. Okay. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. You either want an excuse or you want um, to get past it. What one of the two is going to be. So what's, you know, do you want somebody to have a pity for you and pat you on the back and, and say, I'm here for you. It's all good. And you want that every freaking day. Or do you want to take some ownership on some of the bullshit that you've just done and uh, move past it? I mean, which, which, which way are we going to go? And, uh, you know, and so it it almost seems like uh, like I'm being a jerk sometimes, right? About it because mm-hmm. I just do don't, I don't. Uh, what right? Watching Sergio, remember? Remember Sergio pops his arm or or, or tears his freaking bicep up, right? Yeah. Uh, did he take any time off work as a police officer? Nope. 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 Did he come in two weeks later? And roll with all of us with one arm. Yep. Which gave everybody, I, you know, I watched this with him, right? And I watched everybody that had injuries. And he pushed my son, Michael, because Michael had a cast on. He's like, so what? You get on the mat. Yep. So what? You have a cast on. And I was watching Michael roll with him this week again. Michael, he stuck Michael's arm inside his belt so he couldn't move it. And, uh, Michael had to roll one armed and he made, uh, uh, watching his leadership. Uh, I told him this, uh, privately. I said, you know, you pushed everybody to, um, it's hard to have any excuses when you say, Oh, I'm hurt here and I'm hurt here yet. Uh, you know, Sergio's uh, got a torn bicep and he's out here and not, not only is he rolling with us, you know, he's kicking our ass on top of it, dude. It's like, uh, how bad yeah. do we suck? Okay. You know, I remember that role. I'm like, what the frick is going on here, man? Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, he is on a different level cause he's injured. So he's given, you know, he's given zero inches to what he does cause he's protecting himself now. Yep. And I remember that role going, God, we suck. You know what I mean? Yep. No. And you know what? It's, it's, it's something I've started to understand there's, there's a lot I learned from that guy um, in terms of just not just jujitsu, but even a leader, you know, I was telling, we were, I think Ashley and I were training, um, we were doing dog row stuff or something. And I was like, you know, it's crazy. Um, or no, we were, we were talking about jujitsu, like nogi stuff. And I was like, man, you know, what was crazy. It was like, cause I got my, my, I got my ass kicked during my nogi matches. You know, I did really well in my gi matches, but then I, I got my ass kicked. You know, I couldn't, I, there's certain things I can do, like perform like, like the takedowns that I've been training to do for even years, you know, and I'm, those guys are just, they just had a better game that day. And, uh, you know, I was expecting this disappointment and Sergio's like, 
what happened? You know, like, you know, cause he, he had to go from another match and he was like, what's that? What's up? What's that? What happened? Fill me in. So I told him, I was like, I couldn't take him down. And it, it resulted in a point loss. And he was like, okay. Like, I was like, really? Like, no, no ass chewing, no nothing. And he was like, cause he knew there was, no, it was not the time for it. Right. And he knew that I had another match going and, uh, I learned to become a, a more compassionate uh, leader from that. You know, I'm going, okay. You know, uh, I, I learned that in the Marines also where it's like, you know, you side counsel people, you don't have to counsel in front of everybody. I, I learned the hard way on that one, you know? Um, but again, it's like, oh, there's another application for it. You know, martial arts, there's another application for it, life counseling, you know? And um, when, when he did that, I'm going, wow, you know, this, I learned something huge that day. You know, and it, it was really cool. And so, you know, guys, if, you, if you're out there and you guys are trained in martial arts or even weightlifting or, or whatever athletic um, uh, event you're doing or, or sport you're doing, your coaches aren't trying to push you because they're trying to. I mean, there are some jerks out there, but they're pushing you because they've either been there. They've, they've known the pain you're going through, the struggle you're going through and the frustration you're going through. They can see it on your face, you know, um, don't don't give them the the, the negative feedback like I, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing this and that. I got it. I got it. Just know that they want to see the best version of you and they know you need a little bit of a push and a little bit of compassion and that they're trying their best to get you past or over that hump. No matter how much of a jerk you think they are, it's not the case. You know, um, more than likely, it's not the case. And uh, they will keep trying. And they'll keep pushing and they're trying to train you to that to that point where you can do it on your own now you don't need them anymore mm -hmm. and that's and that's what i understood i was like wow because there's times where i was in those matches where i'm like you hear sergio's voice and i'm like well he's not coaching me right now so i'm hearing him in my head even though he's talking to me right now and he's coaching me i'm like wow he's trained it into my brain and then it starts to become my voice telling myself right. mm -hmm. what to do and then eventually i just don't need to hear myself anymore it's crazy yeah. Yeah, I think that that yeah, he's he's brought some great leadership to the table on that. I think that the what you're talking about there I think as a coach um you know, my best coaches were my very hard hard-nosed coaches. But on the same token, I didn't really have a coach that took a vested interest in me um like I like I would like what like I would have mm. liked to, you know what I mean? They were they were good coaches, but there weren't like a very vested interest in me. I was kind of the, like if, uh, if I was in junior high and I played basketball, I wasn't a starter. I was like sixth and seventh, right. And they put me in for, you know, for that. So I played football and, um, you know, I, I started, but I wasn't one of the, one of the boys, you know, of, right. Of right. That they're going to take under their wings. And I remember talking to John Wooden about this, um, you know, when we gave him that black belt that day and I, I, you know, I got to sit down and talk to him for a while. We were sitting at a table together. It was just me and uh, Kenny and him and a couple other people. And just when you listen to him speak about um, players, you know, I, t I tell everybody the story, too. I asked him about people that have uh, natural talent. How do how do you how do you deal with those? Um, because I have that here. And people with natural talent have so much excuses that, you know, I, I just, I, I can't stand it after a while. 
I saw it in the matches even there. I have a student that has a, a lot of natural talent, and his deal was, oh, you know, I lost because maybe I got to go look for something else now. You know, maybe I'm, I don't have the answer here. And the answer is not looking to be a gym rat at every other place that there is. It's are you doing everything in your gym that you possibly can to train for what you want? Yep. And the answer 99.9% of the time is no, I'm not. I'm not fully committed. I'm half-ass committed. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking for what the coach is doing wrong, coaching me, not what I'm doing wrong to further my, to further me going. And this is where now you've been, you've been, I've been doing this for over 30 years, right? Mm -hmm. And you've seen me kind of get hard, more hardcore over the time. I mean, there was a time that this stuff would eat me alive. I would lay in bed thinking about how is this black belt just quitting at this point? And where did I fail this guy in, in that he doesn't understand what's coming next? I just didn't, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's I'm to the point now, like, uh, you want to make excuses, go somewhere else. I, I, I don't, I, I really don't need you as a black belt. You know, I, I'm, I'm here now. My time here is a lot shorter. I'm on the back end. I'm not on the front end. You know, I'm, I'm going to spend my time with those that want to further and get themselves on to the next, uh, you know, I don't, you know, uh, I've set the course. I'm not, I'm not a leader that doesn't sit there and train. You know what I mean? I I've set the bar for yeah. myself and you're going to follow along. You can't give me excuses. You can't say, Oh, well, you don't, you know, Mr. Cox don't train or he doesn't do this because I do. And yeah. so I think that, I think that was a, another thing in this, um, in, in this whole battle that you had, because I knew how bad you wanted this, uh, uh, people may not know. I mean, it was a, you and I weren't as tight as we were in the beginning. You had mm -hmm. to earn that from me. You know That's what I mean? Right. Yep. Because uh, I remember, man, I've poured myself out to so many people and just gotten just burned. Yeah. Burned, bro. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I'm like, you know, I do little things and uh, little things here. And and till I figured out that, hey, you know, this guy wants this more than I want it for him. So. Now, now I'm going to pour myself into him. I remember us having that conversation. I said, "You're going to your school is going to be in the black in the first year." I said, "I'm going to show you how to do that. If you follow what I say, it's going to happen." You know, I remember telling Brandon Cameron the same thing. I said, "I'm going to help you with this, but yep. you're going to have to do this, this, and this. You do this, this, and this, and then you're going to get the next piece of the puzzle." Boom, boom, boom. And so, yeah, that's been. Uh, I think that mindset that you had is what was heal you. Now, here's everybody knows, right? We were just grappling. What was it? Two weeks ago. And it was pretty. It was a pretty hardcore one, right? And, you, and your and your skin started getting red. And we were talking about it, going, "Oh man, what the shit?" Yeah, right? remember? Yep. And I was like, Ugh. "And um, I'm thinking, go home and shower, do yep. something, yeah. right? Uh, or, or shower here, or do what you're going to have to do so that we we know that, um, you know, I can't afford you to get sick again when you just came back training. You know what I mean? Right. And so. You know, so there's, I guess that's the thing, right, John, to tell your students or, or those that are struggling. I mean, you heard Donna's story, too, last week. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm listening to her going, 
she's fighting death. And today, I, I can see on here on people that's who's listening and who's liking things. You know, there's Woody White's on here too. I don't know if you've ever met Woody. Okay. I haven't met him, but I see his Facebook post. But all you time. see his, you see who he is, right? He's, so he's, he's one of Bo's black belts, right? Yep. This dude's a, a freaking. This right. This this guy's a, a warrior too, right? Yep. And God gave him a serious test, and I've watched him grow closer to the Lord as he's gone through this thing because mm-hmm. God just continues to heal, and the healing process sucks, bro. Okay, and you know, I, I I've I've done some private messages to Woody, and I'm like. Hey, man. And, uh, you know, what's the news? Because we're here, you know, we're pulling for you. He's kind of he's kind of on a on a prayer chart that I have. And uh, and and so there's all these people around here that these awesome stories or Donna having rich. You, did you listen to the one with Rich? OK, the Rich Heritage, when what his injuries. I mean, he wasn't mm-hmm. even supposed to walk. OK, and we're doing private Krav Maga tests for him. Yeah. And listen. Yeah. And every one of these, man. This mindset, this mindset, this mindset. You wait till next week when we have the triple amputee that is going to be when Ryan comes on next week. We got another ranger coming on next week for for my podcast. That's another one blown up in combat. Yep. Okay. That's a we that's, had we yeah. had we had Ryan hanging up like a pinata at the studio, right? Trying to figure out how do we get him because he has one good arm still, right? And uh, he's just a freaking beast. Right. He's just a I don't know this mindset of that's what it. A yep. hu- what a human being can do when pushed. And so I just wanted, you know, that was the hour I wanted to take, because I think it was a time for you to let let people know that, um, you know, because everybody, you know, every time you're you're there. I mean, it was great seeing you at testing. Right. Because you I think you missed a testing. I think we had to test some of your students out for you. Yeah. Right. And I remember telling your students, and I remember your students coming to me, you think Mr. John's going to be okay? I said, well, what do you think? You think Mr. John's going to be okay? You know how he is. What do you think? (laughs) Right? And and they would go, well, yeah. And I said, well, I said, I said, uh, I said, uh, good vibes and positive energy is not what makes John well. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to tell you right now, solid prayer to God and his mindset is what's making him want. So you guys, when you guys are are thinking about John, you think about his mindset and how he's going to get past this. And if you, and if you are, uh, you know, that John's a Christian, if you, if you pray, when you pray, you pray the prayer that you continue letting John have the mindset of getting well as God heals him through this. And that's what I told, I told many of your students that, because they would ask me, what do you think? Mm -hmm. I said, well, I just saw him. He, I said, he looks, uh, I mean, he looks like a mummy, but, uh, I said, he's certainly got thumbs up and he's ready to rock and roll. I mean, the times that I saw you there in the burn center, I don't know when I was like, the first time I'm like, man, how much thick is this shit he has on him? Right. Cause it was like a plaster of Paris on you, dude. I'm like, mm-hmm. how thick. is that? How is that comfortable? Or maybe it is comfortable. Or how hot are you in that freaking thing? That was it's the main warm. thing. Right? Warm. Yeah. And they have to keep you warm in the burn center because, um, you know, you, you, there's a lack, lack of skin. There's a lack of, uh, you know, you're, you're down to like the subdermal layers or, you know, right above the muscle tissue. And so they have to keep you warm. 
I remember being sweaty sometimes. I was like, what? Why are these pillows all wet? I'm like, oh, What's man. I, thought, I was like, I lose control? I was like, no, my sweat. Right. And, well, yeah. <laughs> the, time <I> was, <laughs> the time I was there for you, the only way we could talk, maybe people don't even know about this, but John, you went, you went, hey, man, get the ice chips and feed them to me, right? And I <laughs> and would you feed did. you ice so that you could say a sentence, mm-hmm. right? So I'd feed you ice, and then you would talk. And uh, I think we made fun of Rod or something there, and we made fun of Z, Joe. Uh, because if you can't laugh, you can't heal. You know what That's I mean? Right. I mean, yeah. it's something has to just, just be uh, real at that point. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, I remember feeding you ice chips and, and, um, you know, there was times too. I remember I was there when you were sleeping too. And, and, uh, you know, I'd have your hand and I said, Hey man, uh, I said, I know when you got, when you're tired and and you're in your own thoughts, man, but you gotta be, you know, I don't have anybody to work out with. So, uh, you know, I have Dickie. That ain't what I need, bro. Okay. And so. Dickie's a little dude, you know what I mean? So, you know, I said, you got to get well. And I remember, I remember, I think I told you this before too. I wanted this organization that comes together for people. Cause I already knew you had Marine brothers that were going to come together mm-hmm. for you. And then we're going to have this AKMF studio. And that I said, this is the organization I want where we are a cohesive unit and, when somebody's down that we should be able to pull from each other to, um, you know, lift each other up and make sure. And it was great. It was great. You know, raising the money was great, but, uh, it's the camaraderie of everybody pulling, right? It was not a thought process. It was, Hey, they need this. I think didn't, I think Jason flame came down. I think, uh, Robbie came down. Patrick Prager came down. Yeah. Patrick came and he's not even AKMF school. Doesn't even that, do Krama guy. Yeah, okay? exactly. So that's that's how tight it is. But again, he's like he's he's one of your black belts. You know, right. there's something there. Yeah, it's this is. Uh, I told you guys this when I first when the AKMF when I really wanted something more is when I I saw how they treated my nephew. That was three years ago. This month, watching my nephew die and what those firemen did. I, I cannot get it through my head. I've told everybody this story probably a million times, but I can't get through my head that there were firefighters that would work his shift so that he can get a paycheck. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, that kind of, of thing, right? I'm going to go work a 12 hour shift, put my life on the line for these next 12 hours, make sure that goes on Cody's books and Cody gets paid from the 12 hours that I worked. Yep. I just, uh, that was really that was something life-changing in me and said, why are we not like this? Because I'm going to tell you right now, the martial arts community is not as, as like that, like you think in the karate world, especially uh, we support each other for a tournament here or here or there or here or there. Mm-hmm. But I've even seen very famous um, martial artists that are really old now. And, mm-hmm. you know, people, they're by the wayside at this point. Right. And I'm like, mm-hmm. We are not this uh, this this unit, you know. Samurais were like that, man. They'd come together. Yeah. Why why are we not? Why are we not doing this? And even in our American Tongue Sudo, we were not a, we we were we're just not a, 
we're a tight group as far as, hey, we're part of this and we're under Mr. Chikawa and, and we want to make his legacy go through. We're, we're tight that way. But it's not. If Now, if Mr. Chikawa needed something, we would all come together for him. But it's not like as tight as what I, what we have in the Krav community. And, and I don't know what it is, what the difference is. But even there's a connection even out in Georgia mm-hmm. uh, and now Virginia. And we want this this whole this whole thing to be a solid unit. And I think your story helps with that. So when people can see what what you did, I think that, that's what I'm talking about. What Why did John go through all the stuff that John went through? And part of it is. Wow! Look at what these guys did. Look at how they came together for him, yeah. And him and his wife, uh, and how did it make us feel to come together? I mean that you're you're receiving things, but so are we. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So are we. When you get to do service for somebody else, it's strictly service. There's no compensation. There's no reason for it whatsoever outside of. Hey, we're going to put invest people's uh, invest in people's life, and then you have a student base that uh stayed stayed right there with it and took yeah. all of our instruction you know and yep. and holding that thing together so i think that's uh i think that's a, it's probably a good place to end i'll let you um end it out with the thought process on that and where your students are now and how they are how they are how they are together what's changed in your school since that do you have a tighter group in school why don't you talk about that and we'll end it out that way yeah, so uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody who um, came out and helped um, teach at my, you know, instruct my classes when I wasn't there. Um, thank those who donated, you know, because um, there were some things that I needed after I got out of the hospital, like the the skincare cream, like a, I forget what they call it, but uh, I need it. Those are expensive. They were like one hundred thirty dollars a bottle. I'm like, really? Um, there was there was a lot of things that I needed. So I, I want to say thank you to everybody. Uh, Give send go was awesome. They even sent that one of the case managers of the campaign called and she was like, can I just pray for you? I was like, this is an amazing organ. And you know, it's just an awesome organization. So if you guys ever, you know, need anything as far as like a donation campaign, I'd recommend give, send, go. I think that's who you They're so much better than GoFundMe, bro. So much better. And, uh, you know, uh, even if you're, you know, even if you're not a Christian, it's a, that's what we do as Christians is it it doesn't matter. We'll, We'll help you regardless. And that's the same thing with the AKMF. Um, but as far as the school goes, um, definitely got a tighter group, you know, um, the best thing that came out of this, as far as that goes is the leadership development in, in my instructors and letting them get uh, a hold of it. Um, you know, a lot of times as a leader, you're kind of like, um, I I'm, I'm a guy who likes things run a specific way, you know, I, and I want to replicate and you told it to me before you're like, man, I need to replicate myself. And I'm like, yeah, I need to replicate myself. And it's kind of like, how do I do that without letting them get their feet wet? And they, they got thrown into the fire, you know, and, uh, I got to see some leadership development in each, in each instructor, you know, and then they came back to me with feedback of like what they needed to work on or what, how, how things went. And it, it gave me a better idea of where I was in my school, you know, um, what I need to work on as a leader, you know, what I, what I need to work on and, um, leadership development and instruction and how, how I'm doing, uh, replicating myself. So it's a good, um, uh, like benchmark, you know, and it's not like a, well, this did well, this didn't do well, blah, blah. It's like, great. This is where I'm at. 
in my my skills and my leadership. So this is what I need to, you know, maybe this side was lacking a little bit. Okay, cool. So I need to go ahead and raise the bar. And um, the the student base is amazing. You know, I I cannot teach without students. So the mm-hmm. fact that they were still in the game, the fact that they were fighting and, you know, maybe um, the time in the hospital is something that they use as fuel. Like, hey, if he's going through this stuff, then I can go through worse, whatever the case is, you know. Um, and then even after that, you know, coming back after that, after the new year, um, seeing people wanting to come back, but you know, they're still not sure with the, you know, coming off new year pandemic, I was in the hospital. I just came back out. I'm not instructing yet. And so they held on tight. And so I got to see how, um, how long my school could go without me, you know? And I'm like, not because I want to take vacations or anything like that, but again, if something happened to me, you know, will the school still be there? Will it still operate? Will there, will the legacy be there? And I'm like, I got, and it tells me, you know, I do have some work to do. So I'm, I'm just really happy that the school didn't like burn down and crash, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so with all, with all the help of the organization, with the help of the students together, you know, as a community, you know, I think I was talking to you about that. Um, I was a, a visiting food dog from the dog brothers and he said, a school needs two things to run and it's culture and community. And I think we've established that very well at AKMF and it's only getting better. And so I think that's the big difference between us and other um, organizations in terms of martial arts. We do it really well and it's trickled down. I think you're right. And, uh, you know, that's a that's a uh, you know, that's a high five to each of the studio owners because the owners have to want to do that. You know, whether it's, uh, um, you know, Jay or um, Jay Walker and Jason Flame and Robbie and. And, you know, uh, Carson and all, all the ones that every, everybody knows, right? It, it, the, the guys that this, this comes together and, and we get to see the growth of everybody else. And then this Team 3 comes along, right? Mm-hmm. Which puts another edge and another, uh, you know, another layer of leadership from this instructor, right? Is like, yeah. you know... And so we've taken kind of what we've done AKMF, right? And we're replicating it right now to, to team three. We, and we're replicating it out in Georgia and replicating it out here in the West. So we got the East and West coast. Yep. That is this new, this new thing that is going to even polish our Krav Maga students even more, because I've learned so much from him as far as what is working well and what and some of the stuff that we've done even in Krav going now that we have experience and can you imagine having somebody with experience on the ground and and we're not addressing some of this stuff yeah right you know what i mean and yep. i think we did a little bit of that even in 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 testing this past week mm-hmm. uh this past weekend just so you know we had 71 people test this past weekend man that is awesome the AKMF schools all the AKMF schools that came together that here in the west cool. coast 71 people 40 i think 44 or something like that and then 27 in the next you know what i mean yeah. uh so 71 people came through um and once again we always learn something new w- with all this kind of stuff anyway but but we are already 18 minutes over so i think but it was good so everybody can hear about this john i'll have this on uh on uh on audio uh before day's end and then you know, your folks and stuff out in Florida or wherever that can, uh, 
can jump on and, and, and re rehash this through. Some of your students will put it on their page so that they can listen to it while they're driving. It'll be in an audio podcast from there. Um, oh, here's Carlin. Just Carlin's on here. Listen, he said there was 44 in the morning and 29 in the afternoon. That's how many people we Man, had. It's amazing. Uh, uh, I mean, right, right. It is. Uh, you know, I was like, wow, man, that's a, that's a lot of people. No wonder yeah. we have to keep the bathroom clean. Um, because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was just, just to know that many people, uh, how many lives we've touched and how it spiders out and the stories that were being told inside there. Um, people that day, um, trying to overcome, uh, you know, weight loss and, and trying to get through something when they're heavy and, uh, knee injuries over here or, um, uh, being attacked and, and, and being trying to be vulnerable and me having a conversation. I can't, I, I won't say with who, but not testing and, and saying I'm here because, they're suffering um, super anxiety when they test. I mean, think about that. After the test, they have super anxiety, even and bringing it home. And now mm-hmm. they're trying to process this. How do I process my anxiety from this Krav Maga testing? Right? Everybody's right. fighting something, man. Yep. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. You know what I mean? It's it's such a it's such a a hodgepodge of all that all that kind of stuff. So. I don't know, man. We're glad you're on our team, though. We're glad you're 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 healthy and you're coming back and back on the mat and training. And and your students are are out there doing their thing. It was good to see a good amount of them coming out for their own test. Yes, you've sir. got higher ranks now. I mean, you're going to have black belts here within the next year or so, right? I would imagine, yeah. correct? God willing, right? yes, sir. Yeah. So you're gonna. We had another uh, black belt that came and watched the students. How was his? What was his feedback? Uh, did you get to talk to him at all before he left? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Was I'll, um, yeah, he, he's yeah, a good GPD. So he's all. Yeah. 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 Day. We'll talk. Yeah. We'll talk about that, too. And and uh, so it's always good to see how we're measured against other people from other organizations and what that looks like. And that all has to do with you guys and the leadership in your own school and the loyalty you have to and just not myself, but just to the organization in general as we try to take it to the next level. Same thing we're going to do with Sergio. Uh and, and take, uh, take this team three to the next level. It, it is what it is. We had a great showing for team three, right? In our very first tournament where we bring a lot of people Mm -hmm. and we come in fifth. Yep. Uh, that's, that's a statement for sure. You know what I mean? So we, we take those same, those same principles and we move on. So, all right, man. Well, I appreciate the hour, John. Uh, you guys, if you can see on the bottom here, you guys can find me all, all on here. My, my webpage is markcox.com. You'll see every, every, uh, episode that i've done so far on there that i have my instagram if you guys some of you guys hey, you know what uh, ventura if you look on here it says support it says www.buymeacoffee.com um oh look at little gisella um that's her this uh this buymeacoffee.com forward slash mark cox podcast this is a uh this is the way to support the the podcast if you'd like and somebody from Ventura, uh, it was one of the girls from Ventura. She she goes, she bought me five cups of coffee there last night. So that's uh, and and that's a way that you support the thing. So buy me a coffee is 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 what it's called. But it's uh, it's a way that you can support the podcast. So 
you know, I'm trying to upgrade some of my equipment and stuff like that. So that's where that's at. And that's what that support is down there. But I wanted to thank her personally, uh, for doing that for me. Uh, she just, she just, uh, I just got that thing last night and I said, you know, I guess I should put, see, it's right there. It says support. I said, I'm going to put that up there. And, uh, if you guys, anybody is interested in doing that, you guys, I'd appreciate it. All right, John. Yes, All right. Sounds we'll good, let sir. You go. Thank you. All right, man. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.